Kanban on the air. Thanks for tuning in to Instagram Growth Podcast. We love having you here and it's our mission to bring you all of the latest and greatest tips, skills and know-how to make you the best Instagram marketer that you can be. We know that you have it in you and we are going to show you how. Now, let's get started. This is Instagram Growth Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Anne, and I'm excited to be here today and have a wonderful opportunity to be interviewing Shane Barker. Shane Barker is a digital marketing consultant who specializes in influencer marketing, product launches, sales funnels, targeted traffic, and website conversions. He has consulted with Fortune 500 companies, influencers with digital products, and a number of A-list celebrities. So welcome to the show, Shane. Thank you for coming. Hey, Anne. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about being on the show. I'm a big fan. Okay, welcome. Well, I'm excited for the conversation, but before we get started, let's have you tell us a little bit about your background. So how you got started in influencer marketing and then what you offer at your company. Yeah, so I, I, it's funny. So influencer marketing kind of found me almost about seven or eight years ago. Um, I had a, a client. Well, at that time she wasn't a client, but she reached out to me and was said, "Hey, I want to do. I want to, you know, drive some more sales and I want to do some more things." She called it social media marketing. This was before it was even called influencer marketing. And so I, I said, "Okay, well, you know, kind of tell me a little bit about your company and what you do." And she's like, "Well, I'm a." Um, she wasn't even known as an influencer. She was says, "Listen, I what I've done is I built this product out. I I do uh, fitness eBooks online." And I was like, oh, okay. And I was kind of thinking in my head, oh, fitness eBooks, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, this just seems kind of like an oversaturated space. And, you know, but we'll see. And so she kind of filled out some questions for me and decided to do a call with her. And so I'm doing a call with her. And, and I said, well, you know, her name is Zoe, Zoe Rodriguez. And I said, you know, tell me a little bit about your program and kind of like what you got going. And she goes, well, you know, I'm really kind of embarrassed. I'm not really getting that many sales right now. I really just want to improve that. And I said, well, you know, how many people are on your team? And she goes, well, it's just me. And I've hired a few freelancers. And I said, okay. Um, and, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking I, she probably doesn't have the budget. You know, I'm thinking in this whole situation, like I've got a full team, we can help her, but I just don't think she's going to have the budget. And she goes, yeah. I said, well, tell me about your programs. And so she had three main programs. One was called uh, Build a Better Booty. So I don't think I need to explain <laughs> what that is, right? I think we all understand what that the premise of that program is. And we have sexy legs and sexy arms. And so, um, and I go, okay, well, tell me about, you know, build a better booty. She goes, yeah, that's my, my best seller. And she goes, I'm, and I'm only selling like 10,000. You know, I've only sold 10,000 last year and I'm like 10,000 times $20. Like that's $200,000 that she sold. So I go, what about sexy arms? Because yeah, sexy arms is worse. It's only like 5,000. So like that's another $100,000. And then I said, what about sexy legs? Well, yeah, only about 5,000. So this, this girl's making, she's selling $400,000 um, of eBooks online and it was all done through Instagram. And so I just was, for me, I instantly thought, God, there's either got to be some kind of a scam going on here. Like, I can't believe this girl's making $400,000 selling fitness eBooks. It just absolutely blew me away. So I had to do a little more research to make sure it wasn't like some credit card fraud ring or something that I was going to be involved <laughs> with. I, you know, I got a little nervous. And so I looked into it and did my due diligence and, you know, looked at some of the, her before and after pictures and the, you know, what she had built. And I realized that she was, had some great exposure and had done some great things, but we really you know, realize, realize that we needed to go in there and revamp and everything. That, if we went in there and revamped everything that we could really probably double and triple our sales. And so, you know, the end of that story, and I know we're going to talk about this is that we got her from, you know, 400,000 to making 1.6 million um, off all off Instagram. Like we didn't do, we tried SEO, we tried PPC, we tried all of that and nothing worked as well as, as the Instagram, really Instagram marketing, but really influencer marketing. So that's, that was, 
once again, like I looked at that and I said, man, you got to be kidding me right now. Like some people are going to be making some serious money. And we put, we put all of our efforts into that. And once again, we got it to 1.6 million. She was making herself, she was clearing a million dollars a year um, off of selling fitness eBooks. So once again, that, that like, it made me sit back and thought, oh my gosh, it was just absolutely insane opportunity. That's when we started looking at people kind of influencer marketing and looking at everybody as influencers and um, it was her story is interesting just because she was an influencer in the sense that she got pitched products. Um, and then she was also, you know, a company that we would actually work with influencers. So that's kind of an interesting story. Yeah, these numbers sound really fantastic. And by the way, how is she now? Is that number of your followers growing still? Yeah, so we got her from about 180. She started with us at about 180,000 followers on Instagram. Now she, we got her up to about 500,000 and then she she didn't do as much content, started to cut back on content. So her numbers decreased a little bit, but now she's doing, um, she has an app and she's doing some other stuff. We sense of part ways because um, she wanted to kind of cut down on costs and stuff. And we had really taken her to that level and we wanted to do some other stuff, but she also wanted to not be... Um, I guess is transparent on social media. At first it was like, she was saying everything about her life and she's like, I just don't want to like be, I don't want the whole world to know about everything I'm doing. <laughs> so she wanted to pull back a little bit. And so we kind of degrees to, to, to part ways, but um, she's still doing great. She still has her app and she's doing a lot of different stuff online and she's still making a good amount of money. So she's, we're happy for her. Yeah, so really not that bad. Uh, so let's talk a bit more about that, about influencer marketing. First of all, what's your idea of an influencer? Who is that person? Yeah, I mean, there's there's influencers is, is a term that's funny. Even influencers like don't like being called influencers anymore, right? It's more like content <laughs> creators or something. So, you know, I mean, influencers really can be anybody that has built up a, a following, right? And that can be either on a blog, it can be on a vlog, it can be on Instagram, it can be TikTok, it can be anywhere. So it's just where you have a good amount of followers where you've built a community that really, that trusts you and enjoy your content. Um, that really is going to be an influencer. We, you know, in the, in, you know, early on, it was like, hey, anybody that had a large amount of following, and that was yeah. kind of an indicator that everybody looked at. These days, it, it's not quite, um, I mean, that is a variable, but it's not the number one thing. I think a lot of brands look at influencers and say, oh, you have to have whatever, 50,000 followers, or you have to have 100,000 or a million followers. And that isn't necessarily the deal. We've realized through the campaigns that we've done, a lot of managed campaigns and, and you know, for some of the bigger companies that really you don't, you know, you can have a thousand followers that they could be a heavily gauged in followers and could be a smaller count, but you can still be an influencer just depending on your niche and, you know, the product and service and, you know, what the brand's looking to partner with the influencer. Um, but we've seen, once again, anybody can be an influencer. And, and that's the, the beauty of this whole thing is that, you know, you don't have to go and spend, you know, $100,000 on some big influencer. You actually can work with a number of influencers and have a smaller budget and really see who moves the needle and then put more budget into it after you've kind of seen, you know, what's going on there. Yeah, you know, um, there are some well-known recommendations, like you just said, for people who are looking for influencers. One of them, I think one of the most popular is that you shouldn't consider only the amount of followers on Instagram, for example. But what can be some other red flags when looking for influencers? Yeah, I mean, really, one of the things you have to look at, and one of the, it's been big in the news is like fake followers. Um, and I think the thing is, is what people are missing is, is that the reason why fake followers came about, the reason why more um, influencers started to get fake followers is because brands were paying on follower count, right? So yeah. there's a big issue. So it's like, hey, if you do have 5,000 followers, we'll give you $1,000. But if you have 10, we'll give you two. And if you have 100,000, we'll give you 25,000, like whatever the numbers are. And so influencers are going, wow, it took me two years to get you know 5,000 followers. How do I get to 100,000 faster? And so they're looking for ways to do that. And there's plenty of you know bots and programs and softwares that will go and do that. And, and it's not really recommended for the influencer 
right? Or for the brand to, 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 you know, obviously be working with those types of influencers that are inflating those numbers. But you have to realize that was done because of pricing on followership. So if you don't, if you just look at followership and look at it and say, I've been doing this a long time, so I can eyeball test. I can look at somebody and say, hey, there's absolutely fake followers going on here. Um, and so, you know, there's plenty of softwares you can use. There's uh, like four stars is one. We have hype auditor is another one. There's a lot of softwares you can go and it'll talk about their, how quickly they gain followers. And so if they went from 5,000 to 50,000 overnight, there's probably an issue there, mm -hmm. right? Unless they yeah, had some something suspicious. Yeah, something fishy, right? And so we look at that and go, okay, maybe they had a viral video go live. Maybe they were on, you know, CNN. Maybe they're on a big network. Maybe that's what the deal is. But for the most part, it's something a little fishy. And so what I tell brands is like, when you look at follower count, that is a variable. What you really have to look at is what is the campaign they're willing to put together for you, right? So it's no longer just one picture on Instagram. As an influencer, influencers should say, okay, what I'm going to do is put a campaign together, a strategy together for you, right? And it's not just going to be one picture with me holding the product. It's going to be, you know, whatever it will be, these 10 things that we're going to do over the next three months or two months. And this is how we're going to put the content together so that once again, my audience starts to see it, they warm up to it, and then I can start recommending it. And so I think that's what we're looking at is that, you know, it comes down to follower count is a variable, but it's not the most important variable, right? It really comes down to knowing what your audience likes and putting together a campaign. It's a frequency of posts. It's not just one time. Six years ago, we could post one time and people would buy stuff. Now people are like, well, I trust Shane. He seems like a good guy, but you know, he, I, I don't really know. I got to kind of like, I want to see like that he really is using this product to work out or he is really using these supplements or, you know, whatever this wearing, he loves these t-shirts or he's running in these shoes. And so it takes the audience a little longer to react before they want to purchase something. And so you have to kind of build that trust in you as an influencer. If you're saying that you use a product, you should be using that product, right? You, you know, that's, that's the issue too, is that brands also work with people that are willing to do anything for a dollar and brands have to look at that. Like if you're working with an influencer that's willing to take any amount of money and work with any program or any software or any whatever service or offer that, the issue is, is that now their audience is like, uh, Shane seems to promote anything. Like this week he loved Nike shoes, last week he loved Adidas, and the week before yes. that he loved another one. So they start to go, mm, I think he's just doing it for the free shoes or the money or something. And then you start <laughs> to lose connection with the audience. Yeah, so then no influence at all. So you are not a fan of short-term partnership? No, I mean, I think, of course, most brands want a shorter-term partnership in the beginning to see if things work. I mean, the way that I explain things is this. If you're going to go after an influencer and you only want to do, let's say, one post with them, it's probably not going to work. It just isn't because it really comes down to a frequency deal. It's no different in regular marketing. Like if I was to go and, you know, if I wanted to go get somebody to buy something at a grocery store, let's say you're Coca-Cola, which obviously they're the largest brand in the world. So, I mean, they're, they're, they have billions of dollars for budgets. So that's, that's hard to explain. But the thing is, let's say they did a billboard and then I see a TV commercial and I see this and I see that. And then I walk yeah. in a grocery store and I feel like, I feel like buying a Coke. I don't know why. Well, it's because <laughs> the frequency, right? I've seen them all over the place. And it's the same thing with influencer marketing. It's no different. You can't expect for one person to talk about one product and post it in their Instagram and for tons of things to happen because of that. You need to put a strategy behind that. And, you know, we're, I'm actually coming out with a course. It's called how to be an influencer.com. And we actually educate influencers. It's based off my curriculum because I, I teach at UCLA or I taught at UCLA. I did a personal branding, how to be an influencer course. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a really, really cool course that it's, I was had to fly down there once a week to go down to Los Angeles to teach it. But 
that what we've done is we built this course around this and helping educate influencers on how to work with brands. So, you know, when a brand comes to you and says, hey, we just want to do one post and say, hey, let me explain to you why one post isn't going to work. And let me show you some like the stuff you've done in the past. The reason why that hasn't been so successful is because of this. Let me help you put a campaign together because the issue is most influencers aren't marketers. Right, so they built up this community, and they kind they know what content their their community likes, but they're not marketers. And so yeah. we, the brands come and say, "Hey, we want you to market this," and they're like, "Well, I think I know what content is good, but I, I'm not like a marketer marketer, right? Like, how do I put? They're not used to putting together, you know, five, six, seven, eight different things that need to make a full blown campaign. And so we've built this course for influencers once again for them to be able to educate themselves and be able to tell the brand, "Hey." We actually are marketers. We've been trained up by Shane Barker, who used to teach at UCLA. And this is how we're going to be able to put the campaign together. And this is why we're going to have a higher likelihood of it being successful if we do these 10 things. Yeah. And one of the questions that I always wanted to ask somebody who is a true professional in influence marketing. So the question about creative freedom, because there are um, there can be absolutely different options considering this creative freedom. So some people, some companies are ready to provide it and other companies prepare everything starting from captions to video stories, shooting and to the words that influencers should say during this story. So what is your opinion? Are you ready to provide creative freedom when working with an influencer? Yeah, I mean, this is the way it is, is you really should give them creative freedom. Because the, the issue is this, is if you go and you look at somebody's content and you really like their content and you think it's going to be a good fit for your brand, most of the time it's because they have creative freedom. So if you like their content and I say, hey, uh, Anne, I really love your content. I think your content's awesome. And here goes the brief for our campaign. And I want you to do things totally different and do it my way, not your way. Right. And then you're like, well, hold on, Shane, but you really like my content. I go, no, I love your content. Like, your content's amazing. But I want to give you this brief that tells you exactly how we want it done. And but you're like, well, but it might not work with my audience because my audience like this type of content. And I know yeah. that. Yeah, but here's the deal. I really want you to do it my way. And so the problem is, as an influencer, I would look at that and go, well, first, I don't think my audience is going to like it because my thing is very colorful, it's very uplifting, and this is a very dark, very this. It's the opposite of what I do, right? So I have to look at that and say, well, I don't think that's going to perform well. This is where we this we have this course, the how to be an influencer.com of like, you have to tell them, hey, let me tell you why I don't think that's going to be successful. Like, absolutely, I could take your money and I absolutely could post that content. But at the end of the day, I need to make sure that I'm I'm posting content that my audience likes. And I don't think this is going to fit. And I also think that, once again, I don't think that the, the, the brief that you put together, it's it doesn't give me creative freedom, right? And really, you love my content. You went and looked at me and said, Shane would be an awesome influencer, not because you've ever met me, but because of the content that I produce. And my audience feels the same way. And so I need to educate you on why the brief is great. Like You need to have a brief in place. And you can say, in the past, we've had influencers that have had success and done these types of campaigns. You do have to have certain guidelines, like you have to use this hashtag and there's, you know, hashtag ad and there are some other things you have to do legally for the FTC to follow. But you have to realize if you tell them, if you give them such strict guidelines that they're producing content that their audience isn't going to like, you're not going to have a successful campaign. So once again, the brief is to, to, to give certain guidelines to it, but you should be open to trying new things. That's the whole point of, I mean, that's like if I'm a marketing executive at, a, let's say, Nike and I go and I want to work with an influencer, the whole point, or if I want to work with a new marketing agency, the whole reason of working with the agency is so they come up with ideas that you didn't come up with, right? So you have these new creative minds that are doing that. It's the same thing with influencer marketing. I go and hire an influencer. What's going to happen is I want that influencer. They're going to have creative things and things going. I should be open to those suggestions. 
because obviously they know their audience. They're, they're like, hey, with that new Nike shoe you're coming out with, I was thinking about this and hey, we could do this. And then, God, I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. I love it. Let's give it a try. You have to be open to that because the whole point is, I know it works for me at Nike, right? So I, I understand that. But what I really want to do is I want to tap into other markets that I haven't tapped into because of the because of the creative freedom that I don't have, right? That this influencer does. And we say, hey, you know what? Let's try some crazy stuff. That sounds awesome to me. Let's go ahead and give it a whirl. We'll do you know, whatever, five pieces of content around that. Let's see how well that, you know, look at KPIs, obviously, and how do we like, you know, show that the campaign actually made some money. But let's do that. Like you have to be open to that because that's the whole point of this, right? You want other people that have creative ideas that you can go ahead and grow with. So there's some, there, you definitely have to be open. Yeah, I think it's actually the best answer that even could be to my question. And let's come back a bit uh, to influencers. So what about the size of influencers, so to say? I mean, uh, what's your view on micro-influencers compared to celebrity influencers? Mm. Now, I think it's the tendency to work with micro-influencers mostly. So what is your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on what your goal and your budget is, right? And so the way that I, the way that I usually explain it is this, is... If you have, let's say you have $100,000 and you say, I just want to go do it with one influencer. I want to do one campaign. You have to be very careful of that because unless you know that your app, your product is absolutely going to resonate with that influencer, then there's a, there's a risk there, right? I mean, marketing is a risk, right? Anytime you go put your money into something, you're like, man, I'm putting in $10,000 bucks. I'm hopefully I'm going to make $20,000. So, but you want to do, instead of doing, you want to make an educated guess. And what you want to do is you want to test the market. And so what I would do is I would go after, let's say 10 micro-influencers. Let's say they have, I don't know, a thousand, five thousand, doesn't really matter, but you overall look at the content, how engaged the people are with the content. And then what you want to do is create a campaign. And some of it maybe is you try TikTok, assuming your product and service makes sense on there. TikTok, you want to try YouTube, you do an unboxing, you want to do something on Instagram, you can do some Instagram stories. I also want to make sure that they're going to do a blog post about it, right? It's because their blog indexes well for certain keywords. So once again, put together that campaign and you want to try all kinds of different influencers in different platforms. Because once again, you don't know what's going to go well, right? I mean, you kind of have an idea of like, hey, I sell this product. My demographic is, you know, women between 18 and 25. And I think this is going to be good. And so you kind of look at the demographics of each one of their blog, of the YouTube page, of the TikTok page. You take a look at that. Now you put a campaign together. Because what I want to find out is that that Anne, who I just met, that is that I'm hiring as an influencer, who I wasn't sure if she was going to do well or not, she absolutely crushed it. And we spent whatever, $3,000 on her and she sold $15,000 with a product. And I would have never thought that, she, that it was going to go that well. And so now what I know is that I need to go find more influencers like Anne that have an audience like Anne that are actually on YouTube because that's where I found you. And so now you have kind of like a funnel, right? Now you kind of know what moves that needle. Now I'm going to go grab that $100,000 and say, I need to go find 10 ands, or I can double up and spend $20,000 on a big and, right? An and times 10 <laughs> that's, that's got a good following. It's got heavily engaged people that's been on TV, that's been on radio, whatever. And now I'm looking at that and saying, okay, now I feel comfortable. Now I'm making an educated guess and spending that money more wisely than to just go in and try to find this Anne who I don't even know who she is or really what platform she's on. I mean, that's the biggest thing I get today is people go, well, we tried influencer marketing and it doesn't work. And I'm like, what do you mean it doesn't work? And they're like, well, we hired one girl on Instagram like three months ago. And I'm like, well, that she doesn't represent all of influencer marketing. You just <laughs> found one person that one person with you know an audience that doesn't work. Maybe it was because of the messaging. Maybe it was the platform. Maybe it was the individual. But you can't say, I mean, the analogy I always use is like, what happens if I was to date a girl with blonde hair? 
And I dated one girl that has blonde hair. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> All blondes with long hair don't, I would never, like with blonde hair, I, I would never date again because of one. And I'm like, yeah, but that's one. That doesn't represent all blonde haired women, right? Like that doesn't <laughs> make course. sense, right? So so that's the thing is we, we look at this like influencer marketing is you have to test it. If you're only going to do one influencer, one post, one thing, it's probably not going to be successful. And you're missing the whole point of putting together a campaign, right? Putting some money behind it and really investing that time. So short term, yes, in the sense that, you know, hey, let's do a month, two month, three month campaign, see who moves the needle. And then you go into finding people, the ands that, you know, it's 10 times that. And if things go really, really well, now you can figure out how they can be an ambassador, how you can have that deeper relationship with that influencer, because now they're going to actually represent your company and you can do, you know, a flat rate each month. You can just, there's a lot of different ways of doing everything's negotiable, but you can figure out a better way of once again, of, of tightening up those relationships. But the goal would be long-term relationship. If, I mean, if I'm giving you a dollar and you're giving me $2, you and I will never break up. You and I will be together yeah. <laughs> for the rest of our lives, right? Like, I mean, right, that's a no-brainer. But you have to figure out, once again, which of these influencers, which platforms make sense, and then you can move forward with those longer-term relationships. Yeah, and what about influencer marketing in general? So do you think it's now growing or it's on its top stage, so to say, or uh, the temps uh, of influencer marketing development already going down? So what is the future of influencer marketing? Yeah. So, I mean, the future is definitely going to be going up. I mean, now, you know, as we record this, we've got the coronavirus, which is attacking <laughs> the whole world. So that's, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. But, you know, I think like anything, I think, you know, influencer marketing is going to continuously evolve, right? I mean, it, right now, what it was six years ago when I got involved or seven years ago is very, than, very different than what it is today. And it will continuously evolve. It will, what I'm really hoping on and my big push for this year and moving forward is education. Right. So because of the UCLA course that I created, I already told you about the how to be an influencer.com course. We also do um, we also do uh, workshops for brands like I've done it for Amazon and some of the bigger companies where we'll actually either a come in and do it with them physically or we can do it obviously online now as well. We do it through Zoom or anything like that. The, the goal of this is I want to educate people because you have influencers that have influence and have a community and you have brands that have something they want to work with influencers. But the problem is there's this disconnect on how to work together. Right. And brands are going to work with, let's say, 20 influencers and have a bad experience. And they're going to go, well, it just doesn't work. And I'm like, well, does it not work? Or do you guys not know how you're putting the campaigns together correctly? Right. Because brands don't necessarily know how to do it. Influencers kind of do. I mean, some of them do, not all of them. But then you have two people that kind of don't know what they're doing, trying to put these campaigns together. And you're not going to have as good of results unless you have an influencer that's like, listen, I've been doing this for a long time or I've taken Shane's course. Or if you have a brand that says, shoot, I was asking for 10 things that were absolutely wrong, right? I was asking for a brief, I was sending them a brief that didn't make sense. And so they were putting up crappy content because I was asking them, I wasn't giving them creative freedom, right? There's a disconnect there. Like any one of those things can throw off the campaign 100%. So what I've done is taken on less managed campaigns and I'm going in and educating brands and educating influencers and figuring out like showing them like, hey, how we can make a successful campaign because there's so many things in the middle that can go wrong that will throw a campaign off and the brand doesn't know that they're doing it and the influencer doesn't know how to fix it. And so I'm in the middle of this thing going, no, nope, that was dumb. Don't do that. Yeah, we can do that. No, no, don't do that. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, we can move forward to this. Nope, don't do this. I want to you know, educate people and have them be more educated on how to put together a successful campaign. So that's, that's really my goal. That's my mantra over this next year, two years, three years is really to educate people because it's going to continuously be evolving. And I think some people have had some phenomenal successes with influencer marketing, but influencer marketing is no different than PPC or SEO. Like 
SEO is not going to work if you don't go after the right keywords, right? My PPC is going to be terrible. I have the best product in the world. But if I don't go after the right target audience, I'm not going to sell anything, right? That doesn't mean PPC doesn't work. That means I don't know what I'm doing. That doesn't mean yeah. SEO doesn't work. That means I don't know what I'm doing, which just so you guys know, I do know what I'm doing. But <laughs> but for influencer marketing is the same way, right? Like you can't expect for influencer marketing to work in a situation that you don't know what you're doing. And so that's where education is like, I'm really going hot and heavy after that this year. Yeah, so saying that influencer marketing is going to evolve, so it's not too late for the people who are thinking, oh, come on, it's too late to jump on the bandwagon and there are so many competitors and influencer marketing is now in its highest degree of reach and development and it's going, and it's going to go down, yes or no? No, this is the thing. You have to realize that the people that weren't influencers yesterday become influencers today. So there's always more influencers. That's what you have to realize. It's not like there's only 20 influencers in the world and there's a thousand brands going after them. There's literally millions. And so that's what's cool about it is that, you know, and you might not have been popular yesterday, but, but today, for whatever reason, you start having brands reach out to you because you've hit this pinnacle, this numbers, whatever this is. So now you're an influencer. So that's what's cool about it is I have, you know, depending on your product and service, I have millions of potential people I can work with, which is awesome, but also scary because then I go, well, how do I filter down on who I need to work with, right? Like it's, it's like, okay, now that's kind of daunting, but that's where the education comes in and says, hey, let's, let's go look at these individuals. Let's look at what the content they're putting out there. Let's look at the uh, past brand relationships they've had, the affinity to other brands. Let me take a look at this, look at their audience, see if they've gone up in followerships, like, you know, tripled in one day or something. Like, let's look at these things to cut down on that list of whatever a thousand people, get it down to 20, interview those people and pick 10 influencers off that list. Great. Well, lots to think that about with respect to influencer marketing. Uh, now, before we wrap up, two questions that I always ask my guests, which I'm curious to get your take on. Well, if somebody who is listening to this podcast and they want to reach out and ask a question or get in touch or just learn more about you and your services, so what is the best way for them to connect with you online? Yeah, so there's two different ways. So you can go to Shane Barker, that's S-H-A-N-E. B-A-R-K-E-R.com. You can go there, scroll down to the bottom. I have a newsletter. We're constantly putting out information about anything digitally related, right? And SEO, you know, CRO, whatever, anything like that. Definitely about influencer marketing. If you're interested, if you're an influencer and you're interested in becoming an influencer or at least better understanding it, we have this course that we're putting together. Once again, how to be an influencer.com. Go take a look. We're actually going to be launching here in the next few weeks. Go ahead and sign up for it. We're going to do a pre-launch thing where people get discounts in the beginning. The whole premise of this is that if it usually would take somebody a year to learn how to be an influencer, you literally can do it within weeks. And we're going to have a community we're building where everybody can go in there. We'll have exclusive job offerings in there. My goal, once again, is to educate people. I want you to be able to, to talk to a brand and be able to like look at their brief and say, that's great or not great. I want you to know what to negotiate. I want you to know who should own the content, who shouldn't own the content. I'm going to show you how to do longer term relationships instead of short term relationships. All this is going to be done through the training. And so once again, if you guys are a brand um, and you know, if you guys are talking to influencers, you guys aren't having a lot of success there. Sometimes it's the influencers. Probably it's you in regards to how you're putting your campaign together. I obviously do teach classes. You can reach out to me um, where we can do you know, Zoom classes. And I do these things that, like I said, I've done them for Amazon, for Purple. I've done big conferences. I'm also keynote speaking, which I'm not doing a lot of that right now because of things that are going on where we've been quarantined. I got to stay in my house. So like I said, I've been answering emails uh, frivolously and my team's been doing an awesome job. But you can reach out. It's Shane, S-H-A-N-E, at ShaneBarker.com. Once again, send me an email if you're a brand or an influencer wants some more information. I'd love to help you guys. 
That's great. Now the last question for today. What message would you like to leave my listeners with? All right. So I think the message that I'm going to leave your listeners with, and this is going to be kind of controversial. Like, so you know the whole Fry Festival thing that that went out there and people were like, oh my God, it was a scam and it was terrible and influencer marketing. I will tell you one thing. The Fry Festival was an absolute success in the sense that people were buying tickets for five and $10,000. That shows you that influencer marketing works. Now, I'm not saying logistically they were set up the way they should have been. They weren't ready for bringing water out to the island and all that kind of stuff. But if you really think about the premise of it is it actually works. And if you put together a solid campaign with influencers, you can see phenomenal results. You just have to make sure you're setting it up the right way. So once again, and thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited about being on the podcast. Thank you very much, Shane, for coming here today and sharing your experience. It was a really nice talk. Awesome. Well, have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. This is a podcast sponsored by Combin.com. Grow and manage your Instagram safely and organically with Combin Growth and Combin Scheduler. Instagram promotion is easy. Combin.com.